<sighs> yeah, we will get around to talking about that basketball game on Sunday. No, but first, we're going to keep it upbeat here. Michigan State names our next defensive coordinator. We get into Michigan State recruiting news and notes, some roster shakeups before the weekend. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Spartans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy sports made easy with Prize Picks. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, hope you all had a fantastic weekend up until mm, 8 p.m. ish Eastern time when the basketball game really started to make a turn for the worst, as, as they all do these days in East Lansing. And yes, we will get to that game here in the third segment. Okay, we're going to save that for the end because we want to start the show on a positive note to start the week. And, well, as things go here in East Lansing, here on Lockdown Spartans, uh, if you want to keep things upbeat, you don't talk about games that actually happened. No, you talk about things that happen in the offseason, like this football offseason. Or, hey, hey, during the football season, we talk about the basketball offseason, everything optimistic. But, uh yeah, football actually has, you know, a bright future to look forward to. Let's get into that really quick, though. Need to shout this out. Hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to this year's podcast or YouTube channel. You ever want to reach out? LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, away we go. News of the day breaking Sunday afternoon that Minnesota defensive coordinator and linebacker coach Joe Rossi, he will be hired as Michigan State's next defensive coordinator. The biggest hire that Jonathan Smith not just will make for this staff, but maybe in his whole tenure here to hit the ground running with a strong defense in East Lansing because, well, guys, I don't know when the last time we saw that was. 2019? 2018? I, I don't know. So, yes, this is going to be a big hire, and they got a really solid name. And it's not just me that likes the hire. It's a lot of other national pundits. We'll get to that in a little bit. Let's give the quick resume on Joe Rossi. He spent the last six years at Minnesota, the last four as defensive coordinator. He had back-to-back top 10 defenses in 2021 and 2022. Also had another one in 2019 as well. Now, he took over as defensive coordinator midway through the 2018 season, and I do want to point this snippet out from Justin Thin's story at 24-7 Sports. He writes, at that point in the 2018 season, Minnesota was allowing 31.8 points per game and 429.3 yards per game. Those are Michigan State numbers. Uh, Not good. In the final four games, Minnesota gave up 14.8 points per game and 300 yards per game. That kind of midseason transition as an interim coordinator after nine games was extremely impressive. Justin Thind writes, and really anyone with two eyes and a sense of football can tell you that that is a really impressive turnaround, especially midseason. And no, of course, it wasn't just flash in the pan. He repeated it in 2019, 21, 22, and also This guy develops players as well. Since 2019, he has seen 10 draft picks go to the NFL. Again, since 2019, 10 draft picks on the defensive side of the ball for Minnesota. And those are two former four-stars, six former three-stars, and two 
former zero stars that he saw get drafted into the NFL. So, yes, of course, you know, you got the flashy four stars there. You got two of them. But, hey, you also have two guys that came in as really nobodies and were sent to the NFL after spending some time in Joe Rossi's system. So what is it? Like, what is the defense? You know, what is that scheme? We all love that word when Scotty Hazleton was seeing everything in front of him, just completely cut the brakes and roll downhill with no stop in sight year after year. Now, with Rossi, he kind of rotates his scheme, right? You're going to see the base 4-3, four, four down defensive linemen, three linebackers, but it's not something that he's completely married to. Like, he will switch this up as the situation calls for it. Imagine that, you know, just well, switching things up depending on what the situation is. <laughs> what? Sometimes he will go to a 3-4 defense, uh, a stand-up edge or linebacker coming off the edge as well. Could that be a guy like Ken Talley? We'll get more into Ken Talley later in the show, actually, thanks to a great email question. But does a lot of cover three, does a lot of cover four. Again, mixes it up and just gets results. Now, the signing day really at the doorstep right here. Let's talk about flips, man. Let's talk about recruiting as well as it pertains to Joe Rossi. Now, the name that many of us already know, Brady Pretzlaff, the linebacker that's committed to Minnesota from Gaylord, Michigan, who visited Michigan State over the weekend. That's a pretty obvious flip candidate, right? We'll get into him a little more in the next segment. But also, Minnesota does have two four-stars in their upcoming class, which is not really something that you see from Minnesota a lot. They actually right now have the uh, 31st best recruiting class in the country, which by Minnesota standards, that's a pretty good recruiting class for the Golden Gophers over there. Now, two four-stars, like I was saying. One guy's name, Coy Perrick. Okay? Four-star safety, top 100 kid from Minnesota. Could be hard to pry away from him, but hey, again, defensive side of the ball. He's a safety, has been uh, committed to Joe Rossi for a minute here. Same with Riley Sunram as well. Four-star defensive tackle from North Dakota as well. Now, Minnesota, they have a pretty high ranking in their class as well, just because they have so many kids in that class. So we're going we're gonna to keep our eye on any smoke around flips because there's going to be one more week of official visits coming up this upcoming weekend too. We're going to see if anyone with a golden gopher next to their rivals profile or 24-7 sports profile wants to make a trip over to East Lansing because that would be some serious, serious smoke. Now, like I said, I like the hire. I'm just one guy. And let's make no mistake about it. If you just see the background of the studio, if you're watching on YouTube, pretty big Michigan State fan. Easy for me to say that, hey, Michigan State, great hire. Woohoo, way to go. Nice. You guys did it. Yeah, I always support the green and white. They can do nothing wrong. No, it's not just that. Because Bruce Feldman, when he did his top 25 assistant coaches in, in NCAA football piece that he does for the athletic, Joe Rossi cracked the top 10 and also said this, quote, one of the best kept secrets in college football. Tom Fornelli of CBSSports.com wrote, Minnesota losing Joe Rossi to Michigan State is a big loss for the Gophers and a great get for Jonathan Smith and the Spartans. And also, Zach Johnson of 24-7 Sports, he covers Minnesota. He wrote this lengthy piece in a message board as well. This was uh, sought, or sorry, this was seen by at MSU Country on Twitter. So I want to give a nod to that as well. But yes, Zach Johnson of 24/7 Sports from the Minnesota side 
writes in, this is not a lateral move. In college football, you have schools that are 100% committed to doing whatever it takes to build a strong football program. Michigan State is one of those schools. There probably isn't a Big Ten school that benefits as greatly as Michigan State does by getting rid of divisions. You could argue Maryland, but now that there are no divisions, Michigan State is now a much better job than any of the schools in the old Big Ten West. I think they jump Iowa, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. Also, how about we not call a school that has actually played in the college football playoff a, quote, lateral move university? You can only assume that he was responding to many Gopher fans on their site saying that this is a lateral move, and I get it. I'm sure they're not happy. I'm sure they're a little bitter right now. I'd be saying some crazy things, too, if something like this happened, but fact of the matter is, like, yes, this is a substantially better job than Minnesota. That's not what we're here to debate. I think many of us watching right now fully understand that. But I think that it was an interesting point out that Michigan State benefits greatly from the lack of divisions, more so than any other team in the Big Ten. And I got to say, I do firmly agree with that as well, not just because of how much more appealing a job at Michigan State is now than, you know, your Iowa's or your Nebraska's of the world. But man, you don't have to face year in and year out the Ohio States, the Penn States. You do have to face the Michigans of the world, of course, because that's the protected rival. But yeah, you actually get to open up who you play. It's not the same juggernauts every single year. And yes, you are inheriting good teams with, you know, in theory, USC is supposed to be good under Lincoln Riley eventually here or something like that. But, you know, your Oregon's, your Washington's as well. But again, you don't have to face them every single year. So you do get to face other teams where the style of your play kind of matches up to what they have as well. So, yes, Joe Rossi, it will be made official, I assume, at some time this week. And again, why do I like this? It's a Big Ten guy. It's it's just a Big Ten guy. And what have I been starting to get like a little concerned about is the abundance of guys coming from Jonathan Smith's state at Oregon State. Uh, sorry, his program at Oregon State. And that's not to say that they're bad coaches or anything. They have proven a good track record of developing kids and being good coaches. But still, when it comes to recruiting and just understanding the Big Ten, just being a regional guy, it's just nice to have someone who has been in the Big Ten for quite some time. Even before Minnesota, he was at Rutgers for a beat as well. So, yes, I think it is a good hire. Now, that means three more spots for assistant coaches on Jonathan Smith's staff. You have your offensive coordinator and your defensive coordinator now. You have your secondary coach, D-line coach, O-line coach, running back coach, tight end coach. Still wondering what's going on with the wide receiver coach. Will it be Courtney Hawkins? Will it not be? Kind of weird that there hasn't been anything made official by now. Uh, will it be a linebacker coach? Or, once again, is Rossi going to be the defensive coordinator slash linebacker coach? Will he bring in another guy for the defensive backs? Kind of what we just saw with the last staff. Hey, you might want to hire a special teams coach as well. That'd be the first time Michigan State has a special team coach as far as I'm concerned, since 2019. So we'll see where that all nets out. But again, got a whole week of this coming up, guys, before another week of official visits. We will be back here in a hot second to talk. Michigan State football recruiting, a smattering of transfers, and then, yeah, that basketball team. But first... Need to talk your ear off about eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. And eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got 
you covered. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you are looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every single time or it's your hard-earned money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. Also, for the holiday season, teamticker.com is where to find the best gift for the Spartan in your life. Or if it's just the person that you look in the mirror every single day. It's you. Get yourself something nice at teamticker.com this holiday season. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, very easy to understand what I'm talking about. It is a sweet sign behind me that gives me the stats, the schedule, the reports, the weather forecast for all things Michigan State. If you're listening to this on the podcast, just think of any countdown clock that you've seen at a sports bar where it's countdown till kickoff or countdown till St. Patrick's Day. It's that with 50 times more steroids juiced into it. Again, this gives you all the up-to-date stats, and you don't have to do anything. I, I am horrible at technology. This bad boy took me like 40 seconds to set up. All you got to do is download an app, plug it in, and it just updates on its own, and it looks sweet. No one else has this. This is a new company, teamticker.com. So surprise the Spartan in your life and also save some money because when you use code locked on, that's all one word, locked on, that's going to get you $50 off your purchase at teamticker.com. Again, code locked on, all one word, to receive $50 off this holiday season at teamticker.com. All right, let's get into this weekend of recruiting. Official visits were flowing throughout the country in Michigan State, especially with the new staff here. And we actually got some inside scoop quotes from one Nick Marsh. That's right, the four-star wide receiver. He was there to visit the new staff this weekend. This was a little after Jonathan Smith visited him at River Rouge High School, but shot him a message saying, hey, after this wraps up, you might have to ask you a few questions, see how it went, this and that. And he said, yeah, absolutely. So Nick Marsh, not just a great receiver, but very nice kid. So very open with his time. So thank you, Nick Marsh. But yeah, just asked him what was the difference between this official visits and all the other, sorry, between this official visit and all the other visits he, he's taken to Michigan State so far in his career. He said a lot different faces and shift in the program, getting comfortable with seeing some new things overall. I had the same feeling just with different coaches this time, and it was a great visit overall. So safe to say, despite a lot of teams looking after this four-star, just mega threat of a receiver, seems pretty locked in with Michigan State as well. Now, there was also a lot of eyeballs on one Aiden Childs. The guy who 24-7 Sports has listed as their number one quarterback recruit. Rivals has him very highly ranked as well. And really, anyone with a set of two functioning eyeballs, maybe even just one, could tell you that, yeah, this is a really good quarterback that Oregon State had that has since entered the transfer portal. He visited East Lansing as well. And I asked Nick Marsh, hey, you get to hang out with Aiden a lot because Aiden got there later on Saturday and he said Aiden is a cool guy but wasn't able to hang out much with him because he kind of got in late but definitely looking forward to building that relationship. A lot of people are feeling good about Aiden Childs to East Lansing traveling with Jonathan Smith over to Michigan State. I don't think a lot of us are nervous but hey in college football it ain't official till it's official Till it's official. And well, hearing from Nick Marsh saying that he's looking forward to building that relationship in the future. 
it makes me feel a, a little better if he's feeling pretty good about it as well. So what else from the recruiting weekend? We referenced this guy a little earlier. It is Brady Pretzlaff, linebacker out of Gaylord, Michigan. Three-star, four-star, depending on where you look at the recruiting services. But I, look, bottom line, solid player, a guy that Michigan State wants. Now, 324-7 sports reporters have flipped their crystal balls from Minnesota to Michigan State. All right, that's three for three. But also he talked to Spartans Illustrated as well and said, quote, as of right now, I'm still solid with Minnesota and committed. I still think it is a great place there, and they have a great system set up that I could succeed in. Hmm. Those might have been given before the Joe Rossi news dropped. We'll see. But he also went on to say, quote, I got to connect a lot with Coach Jonathan Smith and had a few good conversations with him. Really, the whole staff did a great job of making me feel like a priority and connecting. Also, Joe Rossi was in earlier this week to visit Brady Pretzloff as well. And me thinks that uh, that, that, that might have not have been Rossi's only stop in the state of Michigan to drop by Gaylord High School and see Brady over there. He might have uh, tooled a little south, talked with one Jonathan Smith to say, uh, hey, see, uh, I saw this opening in Craigslist for your defensive coordinator role. Mind if I chat to you about that? So, yeah, that might have been the old two-for-one trip for Joe Rossi. I'm not confirming that. I'm, I'm not, you know, doing a, hey, I have inside information. I, the guy's in the neighborhood. You, you might as well you know, just drive down and, you know, chat, and I don't think that is much of a coincidence there. Before the weekend rolled around, uh, there were a little bit of roster shakeups with guys entering the, the transfer portal. There were six Spartans that dove into the transfer portal over the weekend. So we're going to go through the names, what that means, yada, yada, yada. All right. In the tight end room, you saw Evan Morris and Malik Carr leave. All right. For cornerback room for the second offseason in a row, Charles Brantley, he is in the portal. Defensive tackle, Dre Butler is in the portal. Defensive end, Chris Bogle is in the portal. And then offensive lineman, Christian Big Dooley Phillips, he is in the portal as well. Now, we're going to go here. i just be about around. I'll give you some of my thoughts. Uh, for Chuck Brantley, look, I, it, it's better to keep him than not. I, I, I know that's that's crazy. And I've seen some chatter of like, oh, you know what? Yeah, you had that cool interception against Michigan, but really, really underwhelming. This, this, and that. It's like, guys, I, I, I understand that, you know, he's not Sauce Gardner by any stretch of the imagination, but call me crazy. It's better to have depth in your cornerback room than it is to not. And yes, if he does walk, is it the end of the world? No, you do see some really good talent with young guys like Chance Rucker, Caleb Coley, Dylan Tatum, three guys. May I add that right now, as we are recording are not in the transfer portal that could change, but look, there is good young talent in that cornerback room. And yes, you can find other cornerbacks in the portal, but I just maybe it's just because I just am so just PTSD by the last few years and seeing how many injuries occur on the field. I I'd rather have a guy that has some starting experience than not. So yeah, I mean that's kind of where I just level out on there. The offensive line. Uh, if you've listened to the show here and there in the last few days or weeks, you know that offensive line is starting to become kind of a concern point with me because, well, okay, with Big Dooley in the transfer portal right now, you have seven linemen that are in the portal, and then you add Nick Samek, J.D. Duplain as well. Guys, that, that's nine offensive linemen you're trying to change from last year. Dallas Fincher, just off the top of my head, is the only guy with real experience coming back next season. And guy, let's not get it twisted. Like, I, I know this wasn't a Joe Moore award-winning unit like this wasn't a top 15 group in the nation 
it was a pretty underwhelming year for the offensive line, but they had some good moments as well. Like it wasn't completely horrible. And at this point, you just need guys with experience and names and just having depth because, hey, let's say this Aiden Childs thing works out. Let's say he does come to Michigan State. Yeah, that's not like that's not that great if no one's blocking for him. I mean, it, 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 I know it's very elementary logic, but sometimes it is that simple. You can have a really good quarterback. Does not mean a damn thing if you don't have anyone blocking for him. So, yes, will they get some of these guys in the portal back? Is some of this just a, hey, test the waters thing? Very well could be, but, yes, a little panicky that we're replacing nine offensive linemen from last year. And also, one of those offensive linemen that have left, Spencer Brown, he went to Oklahoma. I'm not going to be the world's meanest person right now. I'm not going to I'm not going to be mean. But if the big guns like Oklahoma are fishing for Spencer Brown, what does that say about like the quality of this transfer portal for that position group? Again, I don't want to be mean. I'm just, I, I'm so mean that, that that was not fair. But really, like, it's not the, it's not the strongest market, guys, is it? Like, I don't know. So anyway, we'll see how all that unfolds here this off season. Uh, for tight end, look, I I know Malik Carr had that really fun game. Okay, like it was it was great uh, against Indiana. Seven catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. He really just won that game outright for us. But overall, I, I don't mind a hard reset on that position group. As we are going, what, an eighth straight year just wondering if we're ever going to get a productive tight end here. Now, with that said, luckily we have a head coach and an offensive system that really features the tight end group, right? I don't hate. Just a hard reset, though. I mean, yes, Malik Carr, he did have that great game. He had a really fun first quarter against Iowa. But outside of that, maybe this is unfair. Maybe it's because we had really high expectations for him going into the season. But I would call that year a dud. I, I left that year a lot or with a lot to be desired from one Malik Carr, the guy who we you know thought was going to shoot himself off in draft boards this year, uh, come in locked in, especially as a blocker, you know, not drop a lot of passes, but yeah, I, I don't mind seeing anyone from that room leave. And also too, you still have the young guys in there, right? You guys have Brennan Parachek, Jack Nickel, Michael Masunas as well. Jack Velling was just in town from Oregon State as well. And that's a guy that Oregon really wants, that Washington really, Washington really wants as well. But yeah, I just... I, I, I can't get too bent out of shape over the tight end group. I'm sorry, guys. We're going to be back. We're going to talk football. No, I'm sorry. I wish we were still talking football. We're going to talk uh, basketball. But first, I need to talk your ear off about prize picks. Gang, it is the leader in daily fantasy sports for a reason because they make it so simple, so easy to play. Really, you just load up your card with players, their projected stats. You got to guess if it's going to go more than that stat or less than that stat. And if you line up enough, you can win up to 25 times your money this football and basketball season. So they're the best for a lot of reasons, but I do love this from Prize Picks. They offer a reboot policy so your entry stays in play even if one of your players gets injured. How many times? Have you placed a wager on a player or done daily fantasy sports and you are at the end of the first quarter and you're thinking, we're like, we're, we're five yards away from hitting the over here. This is great. And the next thing you know it, as they're taking the field in the second quarter, both their legs snap off their body. It's not a good feeling. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return for the second half, 
that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy, and they also want to keep you winning right off the bat. When you go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college, you're going to get a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for first deposit match up to $100. It's Price Picks Daily Fantasy Sports Made Easy. All right, before getting to basketball, we will do one more football thing. This is a great listener question from Jeff. He wrote a few listener questions in. We're going to get to this one right now. What pieces on the current roster uh, does or should Smith be ecstatic to get? For example, pieces that enhance a system that would be very hard to get at Oregon State. Right now, I just think tight ends. Quite simply, tight ends. And that goes back to that group we just talked about with Brendan Parachek, Nickel, Masunis. Also, of course, if Valen carries over as well. But, hey, he want, he runs a lot of 12 personnel. One running back, two tight ends. You saw that with Jack Valen this year. You saw it with Luke Musk a few years ago. And that guy's making a pretty good career for himself over in Green Bay as well. But that's not to say it's a boring offense. Sometimes he takes shots over at Oregon State. You're not really getting the electric top 100 kid that you would get at receiver like you do with Nick Marsh as well. And also, well, for Joe Rossi on the defensive side of the ball, all that talent in the young secondary is Dylan Tatum, Jaden Mangum, Malik Spencer as well. And also with the 3-4, with that fourth guy being a stand-up edge rusher, kind of the linebacker defensive end hybrid, that's Ken Talley right there, the Penn State transfer who's a four-star, so maybe he finds a home in Joe Rossi's system. All right. Basketball time. Woohoo! All right, great. A fourth year in a row where we're just begging and pleading not to make the NIT. And quite frankly, I don't know if they are going to be on the right side of the uh, the tightrope this time. This is getting really bad. This is getting nasty. Now, I will say, before this game, we did the whole thing of, oh, will they make the NIT? Are they going to make the tournament? We went through it all. BartTorvik.com. If you plug in the, uh, the uh, supposed wins, the games they're supposed to win, according to the computers, and also the losses as well, and this Nebraska game was one of those losses, if everything goes according to plan, Michigan State is a nine seed. So, yeah, great. Uh, God, I hate it here. Um, this one sucks. This one hurts. Uh, no kidding. Duh. Uh, it's never fun to lose. And I wish I could be like a lot of people that I've seen online being like, oh, I'm just apathetic. I don't even care anymore. Oh, I'm so done with this team. <laughs> I wish I could be done with this team. I wish I could be apathetic and just not have my mental health ruined by this team for another 20 plus games. But here we are. This one hurt because, well, I mean, look, I've done a lot of crime this season already. We were just what? Eight games in, what, what? however many games into the season we were. And I've already done a lot of crying about a lot of things. But for a little bit, it looked like they cleaned up some of the things that we were crying about, like the slow starts. They started pretty good against Nebraska. They didn't, you know, start this game down 12 points at the jump ball. No, they waited till the start of the second half to do that. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, also, fighting early adversity as well. I was really on this team, especially for how – Senior late in this team is for how they respond to adversity. Guys, they were dealt adversity in the first half because Nebraska had four of those Mickey Mouse three-pointers that just went in bank shot. Last second at the shot clock from the parking lot went in. It's like, oh, my God. Like, If you're having a season like Michigan State is and you see those shots go in, you, you might want to check out a little. 
But no, no, they fought back and they actually got into halftime with a lead. We've cried up and down this season about where is Jaden Akins? Where are you? He had a great first half. AJ Hogard, hey, cool fire that you show when you're down 12 points in the second half. You ever want to show that in the first half? Guys, he did. He had a pretty good game overall. It was really nice. And you also, hey, you guys know me. I have been a little softer on Malik Hall than a lot of other you have. So it's not me necessarily crying about Malik Hall, but a lot of people have been riding Malik Hall like a $3 mule. He had a great game. He was maybe the best player in the game today, 21 points. But however, like I just said, they cleaned up most things that we've been crying about. Most things, most things, most things, not all of them, because there are just some things that will never be fixed that is absolutely breaking the back of this team like the front court the centers and look i i'm going to just get ahead of this right now i really don't want to rip on these players individually fair or unfair we've done enough of that on this show right like you guys know my thoughts on Mati sissoko it's not been going great carson cooper I, look here's the thing he is who he is at this point Mati sissoko that is if by year four you don't understand that as a coaching staff Hey, isn't that kind of on you for not having a player develop a single iota over four years? Maybe. But also, isn't that on you for seeing that and not fixing that problem in the transfer portal? Or also with Carson Cooper as well? Sure, we could rip on him. It was not great. Actually, guys, combined on this game, it was not good whatsoever. I think we're talking like it was three rebounds and zero points. Yeah, zero points, two rebounds in 25 combined minutes from Carson and Madi. But at this point, isn't it the staff's fault that you are putting all your hope on a guy that has shown you for a fourth year in a row that he has not developed? And then also another guy who was, what, a zero-star recruit out of high school? Like, I, I get these kids, these two kids are trying their best. The, the effort is not the issue with these kids. And also, well, I think the most depressing moment of this young season so far, sticking with the big man right now, is just how many people are clamoring for Jackson Kohler to get back here. They're like, okay, well, oh, my God, Jackson's got to be back soon, right? Oh, my, hey, once Jackson gets back, everything's going to be okay. It's like, well, like, guys, yeah, like, Jackson Kohler can score, like, eight points a game, and he could also give up 14 just as easily. It makes me really uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, downright sad and depressed that we are pinning our hopes of the season on Jackson Kohler. Like, I just say that out loud. Like, what are we talking about? This isn't like we're waiting for Aikens to get off, like, some foot injury or anything. Like, we're waiting for Jackson Kohler, who, by the way, isn't just on vacation living his best life. No, he's rehabbing a foot injury. Like, who is to say he's going to be the Jackson Kohler that we all – even the best version of Jackson Kohler that we all remember from last year? This guy is one foot right now. And we're just waiting for him to come back and fly through the air and save our season like Superman? Like, this is this is really bleak, guys, that this is where we are at. But, man, oh, man, it is just depressing that, for once again, you look over and not only do you see a good game from the other team's big man, a big man that against any other school wouldn't, you know, really have that great of a game. But, boy, howdy, if you're just an average big man, you're going to light it up against Michigan State. But, no, what really hurt, once again, is that, hey, uh, guy was also a transfer as well. That's right, Nebraska center, the transfer, which is something that you can do in the offseason if you notice a glaring hole at your position. Yeah, that's that's what he did. He gave him eight points, 14 rebounds. 
Again, if only if only there's that little portal that we could use to fill a glaring hole that we see in the offseason. Also, we will do this again. We will talk about Xavier Booker and how he was zeroed out in these games. And at the start of the season, when Xavier Booker was just getting four minutes here, seven minutes here, a lot of people were crying up and down, being like, where's Xavier Booker, the five-star? And I was the shield for Tom Izzo. I said, well, guys, come on. He's not that great at defense. He's not that great at rebounding right now. It's going to be a project. He's not physically there yet. You're not really getting a lot from him, this, this, and that. And I've seen enough arrows go through the shield to be completely broken down, and I am with I am with that vocal, now majority here, of what the hell are we doing not even playing Xavier Booker a little bit. Let me read off the stat line again from the two guys that played center. Zero points, two rebounds. Both grabbed by Mati Sissoko. Thank you very much. In th- in 25 combined minutes. Okay. So you're not getting offense from these guys. I mean, God, if if you gave either of these players two points just for catching the entry pass, I don't even think they would average 10 points per game. That's how bad it is offensively. We can't even catch the ball, let alone do a post move and put it in the hoop. So no, you're already not getting offense from the five position. Mm, quite often against a Nebraska game, gee, oh, another Cornhusker just backdoored you with no help side defense. We're already not getting defense from the five position. And, well, hey, another game where you're not out-rebounding the other team. You're not getting rebounding either. So why not? Why not just give the guy who has a sky-high ceiling just a little bit of minutes? And he actually talked about this after the game, which honestly like makes me even crazier because he said, quote, and by he, I mean Tom Izzo, he said about Xavier Booker, quote, he's learning how to play harder, and I've been really pr- pleased with his practices. And you're looking for it because the guys that should be doing it aren't doing it. He'll get more chances this week. Great. So we just had to wait until we were below 500 to start playing the five-star. And uh, I get it. Don't be prepared to be blown away by Xavier Booker. He's not going to come in and give you 18 and 9. Like, no, he might only give you 6 and 5, which is almost double than what you get sometimes from the guys playing the five position right now. I don't care that he's 95 pounds. We got guys that have come in, added a lot more muscle, shaved our body fat, and still just getting tossed around. Like, it, it not what? It, how does it matter? Anyway, another problem that is not short up, uh, massive point guard problems. And today it wasn't A.J. Hogard. It was not A.J. at all. Again, I know that it was really bad late in the game, and that's how we're going to end the show. But Jeremy Fears, uh, not not his finest piece of work uh, today. Oh, of two shooting, three turnovers, and just passed up a lot of open shots. And, dude, like I know that you're not Steph Curry just yet, but shoot the ball to keep the other team honest, please. Like we cannot go a whole season where the guy handling the ball gets nine feet of cushion by the defenders because they know damn well he's not going to hit the ball. That's just not going to work. Trey Holloman, one of five shooting. That Alcorn State game becomes more and more of a mirage as time goes on. But, yeah, it's just (laughs) – The last thing that has not been shored up, that will not be shored up probably this season because it was a Achilles heel for last season. And that is of course the uh, inability to close out games. <sighs> All these losses have something in common. The James Madison game, the Duke game, the Arizona game, the Wisconsin game. And now this Nebraska game is that they were down in the second half. And then they cut it really close. Sometimes outright took the lead in the second half, like they did against Nebraska. And what do all five of those have in common? Well, you already know it. They couldn't, slam the door and of course you could just say intangible stuff like oh this team has no dog in them they have no leader in them which i think is 
Uh, at this point, how is, how is that not true? Uh, like they just refuse to take advantage of any opportunity late in the game once they do get the game close. And my, oh my, what just great possessions we had to end that game in the final few minutes. We're just standing around for back-to-back possessions for 25 seconds before doing something. Tyson Walker got away with the Heisman stiff arm on his guy, and he scored. Okay, that was a miracle. And then the very next possession, 27 seconds, roll off the clock, and then A.J. Hogard passes the ball 10 feet behind him to jack up some ridiculous three. Shocker, didn't go in. And then you're thinking, okay, this is really nice to end a game. You want to run an offensive set? If you notice that things aren't going well, do you want to call a timeout? Well, eventually... There was a timeout, and they did run an offensive set. And that offensive set in a must-need possession was a Malik Hall three-pointer. <laughs> it was a, was a Malik Hall three-pointer. Not a three from Tyson Walker, the guy who was on fire in the second half. Not Jaden Akins, the guy that actually woke up out of his coma for this game. But no, it was a Malik Hall three-pointer, and would you look at that, it barely grazed the rim. And you couldn't grab the rebound because this team does not do the rebounding thing. <laughs> hey, when do we get to use those two timeouts Izzo kept in his pocket for the Arizona game when the uh, the Bearcats were going on their run late in the game? Do we get to use, use those soon or no? It, the late game collapses are just mind-numbing. And honestly, unfortunately, something you can count on at this point too because that gets contagious of just waiting for the shoe to drop and waiting for you to lose the game. So, and if you don't believe me, just watch how the rest of the season plays out. All right. Please prove me. I'm begging you guys to prove me wrong. I just don't think I will. And lastly, we will just end this on just comments that I saw in the Big Ten postgame show from Robbie Hummel. You know, as I'm just staring at the television 15 minutes after the game, waiting for them to come on and saying, hey, the score changed actually. Michigan State won. No, Robbie Hummel said, and this nails it dead on is that whenever you faced Michigan state back in the day that you knew what the identity was, you knew what you were up against every single night you faced the Spartans. And he said that you knew that you were going to get beat on the glass and crushed in transition tonight, five fast break points, five, five fast break points tied in rebounds. And that was after a game against Wisconsin where they beat you by, I think it was what a dozen rebounds at home. This team has, we could call it no dog. We could call it that. I mean, this is a group at its core. Yes, they're very experienced. They're very old. But a lot of that experience has a lot of losing behind it, has a lot of mediocrity behind it. So you could do that whole thing, like, oh, they lack the dog. I even questioned last show that, like, I highly doubt most of these kids even care if they make the tournament. This game gave me a little pushback on that. I don't think it was for lack of effort, but still, I, it, it's just not the same as it was. And I know I just sound like a guy on his rocking chair in the front porch being all Mr. Back-in-the-day guy of, oh, it was so great when Izzo was killing his players during practice. Hypothetically, not, not like the guy over in Ann Arbor actually is. But, you know, you get it. it. It's changed. And it's not just us Michigan State fans saying that. It's guys like Robbie Hummel saying that. And we'll see if they ever find that identity. Because what team doesn't just magically find an identity in the middle of the year? Now, guys, it's it sucks. It's a death march, hopefully, to another first four round. Hopefully, another 10 seed. I don't know. I like the tournament streak. I get it. It's It's been all just wallowing in mediocrity for this long, but whatever. This is where we're at. A fourth year of being completely irrelevant in the Big Ten title chase. Completely irrelevant nationally. And gee, if only there was a way to fix it in the offseason. Hmm, that would have been a big bummer. God. 
It's fine. Joe Rossi, defensive coordinator. That's a good hire. Nick Marsh, locked in with the Spartans. You like to see it. You love to see it. Aiden Childs could be committing here to Michigan State any minute now. Who's to say? Let's go. We're going to focus on the positives. We're at least going to try to here. All right, gang. My God, that was a long episode. Mr. Lockdown is going to be pounding on my door at 7 a.m. sharp tomorrow. He's going to be furious about how long this went. All right, but until then, gang, we will be back every single day this week. I love every single one of you. I truly mean that. Take care of yourself. Go green.